Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Let's get after it on a Monday. Super wild card Monday night football playoff game. Evil Empire against the GOAT. <laughs> the GOAT. The GOAT. Is the GOAT done? We're going we gonna to talk about it. There's lots There's lots in play. 402-464-5685. Sergeant Hammond, Texas on Honda League and Hotline. If you want to be a part of what we're doing, hit us with a what's up. And we'll invite you into the conversation. We appreciate you hanging out with us over the course of the next two hours. I uh, got a full ticket weeknight for you, so we'll run uh, pretty late. And I believe Harrison's going to cover you all the way into a Cowboys-Bucks postgame. So, you know, lock up the app, put it on your Facebook, get it on YouTube, get to Twitter Live where you get the alerts, and go all night with us. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, Jay Foreman, Husker Hall of Famer, let him know about the Mercado. Certified PMT special ingredients and butcher shop located at 84th and Havelock. It's uh, we're there next Friday, so but this week we'll be at the Scarlet Hotel on there Thursday. It is. So uh, they always hook us up and take care of us, and we appreciate them for it. Jay Foreman, let's. Pop the cap off this just bad get busy. boy. Let's just go pop ahead the cap. and just get busy. Through all of this, first of all, celebrate your Buffalo Bills. Tell me, break down what happened man, uh, to make that game more competitive know. than it needed what, to be. I, boy, I, that's a game I didn't – you know, I knew, first of all, like you saw with Baltimore and Cincinnati, you play a division uh, team third time in a year. They know you. It's always going to be competitive. By no means that I think Buffalo was going to blow Miami out, regardless of who was playing quarterback. Um, and you, you know what the you know Mike McDaniel is a pretty creative uh, play caller. So if you look at you know everybody appreciates San Francisco and and what Purdy's doing, it's no different, right? Uh, actually, they're both rookies, so you know they're you know they, they're fitting into a system. Uh, Buffalo, I think. Is obviously, I you know, in my opinion, unbiased. I think they're the better team, but I think any time that you turn the ball over and don't put the dagger in the heart, especially in the playoffs, in the NFL, these are the best of the best teams that get that that are that are playing right now, regardless of the records. Mm-hmm. So it's zero zero. So you you know you saw the Vikings game. You you know, went thirteen games. They nobody they, cares. They, they got dominated yesterday. So you know with Buffalo, I think that you know they outgained them. You know, they, they were running the ball, um, but I think also they got a little bit too pass-happy, you know, because they built the lead, you know, where they came out and be- became physical, hit the explosive plays. But you saw when they dropped the, the bomb, and then you had the kind of bang-bang play with uh, Beasley with the interception. And then once the momentum changes, regardless of who's playing quarterback, these are all world-class athletes and, and, and the best players of playing football. They're going to be able to make plays. They got the best wide receiver combination – uh, in the league, you got Gasecki, who's probably one of the you know top say ten tight ends. Uh, they have a plethora of running backs that add to to essentially make up you know one good running back, and then they have a decent offensive line. 
Um, and so they were able to take advantage, and then Buffalo was able to get a three-point lead after halftime. And then it was back and forth, back and forth, and then uh, Buffalo was able to kind of get out of their own way. And um, But, you know, look, it, at the end of the day, they don't. nobody cares how many yards you have. Nobody cares how many touchdowns you throw for or, or run for or X, Y, and Z. They care about that W. So Buffalo was definitely was fortunate enough that they made enough plays um, to, you know, to win the game. And so, you know, Miami was was a valiant effort. Uh, Buffalo was able to, you know, fortunate enough to move on to the to the next round. And that's what you see, you know, every team, every team that, that won this weekend is fortunate enough to pull out that game. Um, and you'll see it probably tonight. And everything's heightened. You know, you're you study longer. You look for tendencies. You got to go in there and play and because every play counts. There is no next week. There is no, oh, we got four games and we can win three and we can kind of turn it up. Once you lose this game, uh, you're making plans for the offseason and then everything starts to kind of be out of your control. So the thing that you can control today or, you know, yesterday or Saturday is, is you know, how you prepare and how you play. Um, you know, there's always it's always good to win a uh, ugly game or when you don't play up to your best and, and knowing that you played good enough to win. And uh, so Buffalo is fortunate enough not to have a lot of regret this whole offseason uh, considering how well they played besides the self-inflicted wounds that they were uh, not only doing to themselves. But then Miami made some plays as well. But, uh, you know, there's some things that Buffalo needs to clean up. I, I, I like this. I think Josh Allen is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks. I just um, – ball security. You know, you see him coming out at halftime, you give up seven points. And then the uh, YOLO ball um, – where he hadn't thrown an interception in the playoffs, I think, in almost 140 passes. But still, those are the things that kind of, you know, reaped their ugly head during the, during, at times during the regular season. He corrected it towards the end of the season. That's where they're able to win eight, eight in a row. Um, I would say from an offensive standpoint, I would have liked to see them run the ball more when they had that 10-point lead. Are, are you upset, bothered? By the fact that the Dolphins put up 31 points with 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 the backup quarterback against the Bills, uh, a little bit of both, um, but I think that's just the way that sometimes Leslie Frazier calls his defense. Um, they play more of a nickel defense, so it's just two linebackers. Um, you know, I think Miami took advantage. Well, you know, they scored 24 points, um, even had the ball plenty of times in Buffalo territory. So you'd like him to play sudden change a little bit better. Um, but, you know, I think the defense played good enough to win. They had two turnovers, um, hit the quarterback some, made some plays on the ball. And then, you know, Miami has great players. They do. And it's not like they were playing out there with a third or fourth team receiver. They had two. They have the best wide receiver combination in the league, the fastest two guys. They're going to cause problems. Um, I'd like Buffalo defense to play better because I think they have – they got two of the best linebackers in the league. One was an all-pro. Um, I think they got some – you know, I think, you know, look, with the, with Micah Hyde being out, uh, Hurts, and then obviously Hamlin being out. So now you're down to your third safety uh, at that position. But, you know, ultimately I think they could play better. But, you know, ultimately I think in the playoffs things are different. Miami came out. They got down, battled back. Some of it was given to them, but they took advantage of it. So the pressure became more on Buffalo. Um, and then after that, you know, I think uh, it was, a, you know, a tight game and Buffalo was able to make some plays. I, you know, the best part I could think about is Buff the, Buffalo able to physically 
impose their will on Miami when Miami needed a, to, you know, a stop to get the ball back. It seemed like this weekend, most of the games had a late moment, even with the score, even with the 49ers game, there's still late moments yeah. in games where teams had a, a, one final chance to kind of make a run at it. Are coaches being exposed? A little bit. Um, like it just seems like there's a disconnect between time, game management, time management, and, and personnel management. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, Mike McDaniel and uh, the way he is kind of just out there freelancing. Probably that that's the big deal. Um, Staley as well. Um, sometimes you're coaching not to lose instead of coaching to win. Um, maybe a little bit with the Vikings. You know, um, those are little things that you see. You know the the Vikings they got a fourth and in inches and you get it offsides now you got to punt the ball those are the things that you got to those are the details that you got to make sure that you're in tune with you know look at the Baltimore where Harbaugh is one of the I like Harbaugh as a coach but if you're going to run a quarterback sneak you can spread out the formation you don't condense the formation and then have like a six foot quarterback try but to you jump got over J you got Dobbins why why well, is that I'm even hold on a, I mean like, I'm, I'm, we we can get to that next I'm talking yeah. about if that's the play that you're choosing to yeah. call. You call it in a different way. So you see some things that, in, like you said, in the crossover, sometimes you can outthink yourself and then you end up kicking yourself in the butt instead of just doing what you usually do and what you're good at. Um, every game is pretty close. I would think the Seattle game got out of hand a little bit, but that was a tightly contested game in the first half. Uh, but 49ers probably looked the best this weekend. Considering That was that, my next question was who looked best of all the teams? The 49ers looked the best, but that could change by next week. Because depending I, on matchup, depending on matchup, but I'm telling you, New York looked impressive as well. Um, the 49ers looked the best to me because they had that second gear. Yeah, it was close, but then they said, "You know what? We're going to put our foot on the on the gas, and we're not looking back." Um, you know, Jacksonville. You know, I think that they were a little, uh, you know, moment struck. You know, they're an extremely young team. Um, it's respectable that they were able to, you know, get their bearings together and pull out that victory. Did Jacksonville win or did did the Chargers lose? The Chargers lost that game. Yeah, they did. They they had a full flight. They Chargers are going to Charger man. I mean, they just. But but does, it's going to be injury. It's going to be. They're always going to be injury. They're star players. They're going to lose three or four star players every year for no reason i mean just i've never seen it happen all the time but that was my question because when i asked about coaches being exposed when you're up 17 when you're up 27 when you're up late with by two scores why is that coaches lean into i now need to do a thing that goes against what got, got me, me to here. lead in the right. first place right i think it's human nature you see it all the time in basketball I mean, you've coached enough basketball. Yeah. You, you, all three of us. Oh, coached. four corners. Ah, you know, delay. Yeah, right. You know, spread them out. I mean, how many times have you seen in a high school game where a team is up five points and they go four corners with three and a half minutes left, and next thing you know, they're either going into overtime or lose? Wait, wait. Let's test Austin. Austin, give me the four corners. Give me a breakdown on the four corners. You have a player in four corners, uh -huh. and you stand. You hold the ball. There was no shot clock. Who, who, Dean Smith, who, who, North Carolina. Like the Don't evil, like that the man. evil empire. Like yep. I need to give him a chance yep. to be a Duke fan. Yep. And yeah. shout out, like, Dean Smith ruined basketball. <laughs> that when Phil Ford used to throw up the four fingers, right. the game was over. Right. Like the game was over. Right. I, it just it. So watching, I mean, I think a little bit of that goes into. I think it then I think teams try to 
And Baltimore Ravens is huge. They're huge into analytics. I'm not a. I mean, I I respect it, but it's under pressure. I think I, I always remember this, and I remember Nick Saban saying this, and he I consider him, if not the best college coach, one of the best of, of all time. He says under pressure to win games. Think players, not plays. I'm thinking players, not not analytics. But that should be. For me, and the best coaches I've ever been around all worked from this premise, that I don't care what sport it is, I don't care what level. My job as a coach is to identify my most talented player and put him in the play that gives him the most likelihood of success and then use that in majority. Right. Like, your best player (laughs) – I've asked it about Nebraska a hundred times in every sport. Who's your best player? What's your best play? That's your identity. I couldn't figure it out with Seattle, what they were doing this weekend. I had no idea what their best play was. I couldn't figure it out for Baltimore until late when it became obvious to me that every time Hundley pulled the ball down and ran, he broke down the defense. So, I don't know. Stick with that. Let's just do that. instead of And the quarterback sneak, you could have extended the field the way you could have spread it out. Right. But him dropping back created gaps, created room. That seemed like a real simple thing for me. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's crazy. Um, I do want to talk about Minnesota and the Giants because it just looked like, men, like the Giants were in film study and the Vikings were not. The Giants looked like they knew where they had a lamb. They knew where their, where their win was. And they attacked that, that, that gap those two gaps over and over again. They had two matchups that they liked throwing the ball. They went to those matchups. They didn't get cute. They didn't get fancy. And the Vikings had no answer. Like, oh. No adjustments. No nothing. Nothing. They looked lethargic. They looked uninspired. They looked entitled to win. They looked like a team that won. And they realized they never really took anything away from all the one-score games that they won. They never took anything away from the Indianapolis game that, hey, look, at one point in time, we were down 33 nothing. True. So – I know we came back and won, but there's a reason we we were down 33 nothing. They never they never really came to terms with losing to Green Bay and looking the way they did at Green Bay. And you know, granted, granted, Green Bay was desperate, but that's a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. You get up for that even if you're tired. Um, they didn't look at the Giants last game when when they had to kick a 62 yarder field goal to win. Mm-hmm. That's a toss up game. It wasn't a dominating game, and the Giants came in. They didn't fix the, the Saquon Barkley uh, problem. Even They only had to run him nine times. It was like every time he carried the ball, it was like this cat is putting in work. And he only had nine carries. He had two touchdowns. They didn't fix the crossing route problem. So that lets me know they're second-level linebackers that have always been exposed. When Mike Zimmer was there mm-hmm. and when um, Ed Donatell is there, that hasn't been fixed from a talent standpoint or a coaching standpoint. They had my man Patrick Peterson in the spin cycle. And Harrison Smith, when he's, he's trying to come and make a play, and then you kind of like pirouette like you're in practice, and then you get caught up and then give up an expo- you know, explosive play. Then I'm going back to your practice habits. So then I'm going to look at, okay, well, are you only practicing offense because you think that's the most important to you because you're an offensive coach? Now let's go to the offense. Actually, you can't really be that mad at Kirk Cousins. No interceptions, but I will say, why even run Hawkinson on anything less than a 10-yard route? 
you know it's going to be tight coverage. Right? They're double-teaming Jefferson, so you know he's out. So you got Osborne, Hawkinson, and also I like my man Cook out of the backfield. But you but you threw it to the third to three yards. What if he makes a tackle? You you can't expect this is the thing. You can't and he expect, wasn't under like I thought if he had been under full pressure and just had to get rid of it. And the had ball. to get right. rid of it, that's one right. thing. This was a Kirk decision. Right. And I did, it was one of the ones like, and as soon as he threw it, I just went, No, that's Kirk. Kirk. Like, like, that's like you called him by name, Kirk. This is that's this him. is your child. But when your child's doing the thing that you know that they shouldn't do, right. they know they shouldn't do it, and you just go. But did you listen to him though? He was talking about, oh well, he broke tackles earlier in the game. Okay, you, we talked about coaches kind of outthinking themselves. Don't have a predetermined play or what or action, and don't think you're going to have a predetermined outcome. It never works that way. These are the Why best is that guys. play in your third and eight playbook? That's what. I, well, <laughs> like, how is how did that end up on your on your? Look, you need nine. So right. whatever your third and nine, fourth and nine. I'm, you're running an option route. You're going up nine yards, and I want you to bully him off of you because the worst case scenario they call offensive pass interference. We're going again, yeah, and if you I, have a completion, I, I didn't understand it. But we'll look. We have other games we'll talk about. Um, there, there's two things I want to take care. of. So first of all, uh, shout out to Aaron Davis for hooking us up Saturday right. night. Yeah. Uh, he emceed the the Dave Remington Awards, and what a great group! Uh, a lot of Huskers in the building. Yeah, uh, the young man uh, from from Michigan was impressive um, in several ways. His story yeah. uh, is a great story. And then second, uh, Corey Lytle, um, thank you for your donation. Um, we brought up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that some of the school systems were having problems with negative balances mm. and with students not being able to eat. Seward, had, they had a meeting uh, a week ago where now everybody will eat. They, they, they won't get a different meal. Uh, they'll be boundaried a little bit by a la carte and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But we met with some folks from, from Seward, and the whole point was we will set aside an account for donations, and then that money goes straight to Seward. Uh, to the school system, or actually to the high school, so that if kids are in need uh, and kids count go negative, the school doesn't have the burden and the pressure of having to deal with it, and the parents don't have to worry about the embarrassment that goes with it. Uh, with that, a couple things about the text line. I'm going to repeat it to you. If you've been blocked from one text line because you somehow put your 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 nose in business and didn't belong to you and you were being a jerk on the text line and then you moved to another area to be a jerk, guess what? I'll block you there too. I'll block you there too. Corey's doing a wonderful thing. We had six different people who made donations. We had another four that made donations here directly to the station. Uh, we met with the folks from the school system. Don't be on in this space creating negative energy. You're not you don't have permission to do that. And if you've been moved from one space to the other, there's a reason. You do the courtesy of you being able to interact with us over the course of this thing, we don't charge you for this. Don't be a jerk. Just don't be a jerk. I'm I, I don't have it. Corey, thank you for what you're doing. He made a donation. We had somebody that questioned why he would do that. Because he's a good person. You should probably try that as well. We'll be right back here in Old School.